Welcome to the Word Encounter, episode 205. We completed uh, Luke chapter 18 yesterday, so let's get started in chapter 19. It says, Jesus visits Zacchaeus. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able to because of the crowd since he was a short man. (laughs) I find it funny that this is included in the word, that he was a short man. And uh, he's rich and a short man. Maybe he has short man syndrome. I don't know. Then it says in verse 4, So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. Verse 6, So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He has gone straight. He has gone to stay with a sinful man, and so all the overly religious, righteous people were mad because uh, Zacchaeus was a t- a, the chief tax col- uh, tax collector. Therefore, in many uh, in many people's eyes, he was the chief sinner, and Jesus went to stay at his house, and they did not. They weren't down with that. They did not like that. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, "Look." I'll give half my possessions to the poor, Lord, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. In verse 9, today salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too was a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. And so while many of the religious folk were complaining that Jesus went to stay at the house of a sinner, the chief sinner, a tax collector, Jesus is saying, look, he's still a son of Abraham, and he has proved himself righteous by what he has committed to do. Because Jesus says today, salvation has come to this house. Why did Jesus say that when Zacchaeus made the, the pledge? Because Jesus is seeing that, assuming it was sincere, and since Jesus can see in the people, Zacchaeus had to, been, uh, since, had to have been sincere. He said that he has turned from his ways. He is seeing that the value that he may uh, at one time have pl- has placed on money is now being seen by him as a tool to assist people. And so Jesus is saying that uh, salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come to this man because now he can see. He was blind, but now he can see. The parable of the ten minas. Now this is very similar to uh, Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 14 through 30 in episode 189. It's the same parable, but you know different specifics. And uh, let, let's go over some of the differences here. And so this was, had to do with the parable of the talents, right? When uh, uh, the, the owner gave uh, uh, 10 talents, then five talents, or five talents, then two talents, and then one talent uh, to, the, to, the, um, to his workers, to his employees, if you will, because uh, he was going on a trip to see who would multiply what. And, um, and so this is the same as the 10 minutes here, but one of the differences here is that the guy who's leaving Uh, is going to be crowned king. And it says here in verse 14, but his subjects hated him. These aren't the people that he uh, lent his resources to in order that they may be multiplied. These are the people of the land. These are other people. He says, but his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we don't want this man to rule over us. 
See, so he's going on his journey. The purpose of his journey is to be crowned king. And as he leaves, you know, he leaves his possessions in charge of his servants. But as he's leaving and going on this journey, the other people of the land are saying, <laughs> we don't want this guy being crowned king. You know, so <clears throat> let's drop down to verse uh, 20. And so this is the last servant that came to him and says, and another came and said, Master, here's your mena. I have kept it safe in a cloth because I was afraid of you. Since you're a harsh man, you collect what you didn't deposit and reap what you didn't sow. Now imagine this is the guy going away to be crowned king. So he's coming back presumably, presumably as king. And one of his minions, one of his servants is telling him, look, you're a harsh man and you're not fair. You're ruthless. You know, that's why I just buried your, your minas and didn't multiply them. In verse 22, he told him, I will condemn you. This is the king telling his servant, I will condemn you by what you have said, you evil servant. And so, you know, again, as we have seen in the previous uh, parable, it's the same sort of thing where he's condemning the servant because he did not multiply. He says, you could at least put it in a bank so I could get some interest. You know, you didn't even try to multiply what I left with you. And so he tells him, you know, take what, what we've given to him and give it to the one who has 10 minutes who multiplied my stuff, you know, because, you know, to those who have more will be given. And to those who don't have, even what they have will be taken away because they haven't been faithful with it, you know. But this is one of the differences in this parable in verse 27. It says, but bring these enemies of mine, the ones that didn't want him to be crowned king, and so he's saying, but bring these enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. See, that was not in the previous parable, right? But this is an analogy to what God has done for us. Right? And so he gives us talents or minas or whatever, and our job is to multiply them. Our job is to be fruitful with what we have been given. And if we haven't been fruitful, then it will be taken away from us. But those who complain and don't want to be, and who don't want to humble themselves and don't want to be under or in the kingdom of God, be under God's rulership, there will come a day. Well, they will essentially be dead to God as they are banished to hell. See, it says, but bring these enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. And so God is saying, look, you've got two choices. You can be with me or you can be against me, one way or the other. But the day is coming where it's going to be a binary thing. It's either going to be a one or a zero. It's either going to be you're in my camp or you're not, period. No in between. The triumphal entry in verse 28. We cover this in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11 in episode 187, of the word encounter. And one of the key verses here is verse 37. It says, now he came near the path down. Now he came, excuse me. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. So Jesus is making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and all the people, all his disciples are hooping and hollering and whatnot for everything that they have witnessed, everything that he's, they have seen, everything that he's taught them. You know, so they're, they're giving him um, the royal treatment on the entry into the city. In verse 38, it says, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. 
Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. They were not down with what they were witnessing. They did not like seeing that this Jesus person, the one they're trying to get rid of, is being heralded, is being praised, is being worshipped. You know, and so they're, they're telling the disciples, you know, rebuke your the teacher, rebuke your disciples for their behavior. You know, they're not supposed to be doing this. Who do you think you are? You, you think you're God or whatever? Well, yeah, but, 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 but they were not recognizing that. Jesus's response is very interesting in verse 40. He said, I tell you the truth. If they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. Wow. So Jesus is telling them, I can tell them to be quiet, but it doesn't matter because nature is going to cry out. Nature is going to witness me. Nature is going to confirm who I am. It's irrelevant whether they're hooping and hollering or not. You can't stop the shouting, Pharisees. You can't stop the praise, Sadducees. You can't stop, you know, anybody elevating me to the, the status that I belong, scribes. You know, you just don't understand yet. Jesus' love for Jerusalem. It says in verse 41, as he approached and saw the city, he wept for it, saying, if you knew this day what I, if you knew this day what I would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. And so Jesus, you know, he sees Jerusalem as he's approaching and he cries because he knows what's going to happen because of their unbelief. So even though he's coming in as a, triumph, as a triumphant king, he still knows that their hearts are going to turn from him. And so he weeps. For the, days will come, uh, for the days will come on you when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. In verse 44, it says, They will crush you and your children among you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone uh, on another in your midst because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. And so this happens in 70 AD. Okay. And so uh, the, the, the Romans come in, they surround Jerusalem and they decimate it. And so Jesus is prophesying, he's foretelling what will happen to Jerusalem and its people. And he is saddened by it because it didn't have to be. He says, because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. Because you rejected me, God is going to turn his back on you when destruction comes. Cleansing the temple. We see this in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 13, in episode 107, uh, 187, excuse me, we went over this, and one of the key verses here is, and he said, it is written, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. And so when Jesus entered Jerusalem, and he goes to the temple, and he witnesses the business and the commerce and everything that's taking place in the temple, the temple is meant for prayer, worship, sacrifices, and so on and so forth. But all of this commerce is going on and nobody is, is giving any credence or any importance to the spiritual purpose of the temple. He gets mad and he turns over the money changers tables and he is really get, getting at the, uh, the Pharisees and whatnot for what's going on inside the temple. And he says, my house will be a house of prayer. That's its purpose. 
but you have made it a den of thieves. You have made it a place where people come, scam people, where people come take other folks' money, and that sort of thing. And we see that uh, unrighteousness is one of the things that angers the Lord, angers him intensely. Let's go to chapter 20. It says, the authority of Jesus, uh, excuse me, the authority of Jesus challenged. And so we covered this in Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 27 in episode 187 of the Word Encounter. We drop down here to verse 8, and it says, And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And so Jesus' authority was challenged by the Pharisees, you know, and they ask him, uh, uh, they ask him a question, of, you know, by whose authority, by whose power are you doing these things? And Jesus said, well, look, I'll tell you, but first you answer this question for me. John's baptism, was it from heaven or not? And so the Pharisees knew that if they said it was from heaven, then Jesus will say, well, why did you persecute him? Why did you kill him? Why, why did you do these things to him? And if they say, well, no, it was from earth, you know, uh, man originated, then they were afraid of the people's responses because they thought John to be a prophet. So they didn't say anything. And so they didn't say anything. So Jesus says, well, since you won't answer my question, I won't answer your question. The parable of the vineyard owner. And so we went over this in Matthew chapter 21, verses uh, 33 through 46 in 187, in episode 187. Go back and, and listen to that or watch that if you want to know the details there. We drop down here uh, to verse 18, and this is one of the key verses in this set of scriptures. And it says, everyone who falls on that stone that stone being the cornerstone, and that cornerstone is Jesus. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will shatter him. So what does this mean? This means that whoever falls on Jesus, whoever humbles himself or herself and falls on Jesus, it says that person will be broken. They will be broken of their pride they will be broken of their selfishness. They will be broken of their wickedness. They will be broken of their uh, covetedness. They will be broken of their evilness. They will be broken of their adulterous behavior. They will be broken, uh, uh, they will be broken from all things um, unholy. But on whomever the cornerstone falls, it will shatter them. In other words, for those that don't recognize who Jesus is, for, don't who, for those who don't subscribe to the kingdom that he brings, to those who in fact reject him, it says that he, that cornerstone Jesus, will shatter them. See, So the brokenness is for the good of the person to be broken of these unholy things so righteousness can arise in its place but for those who reject the cornerstone they will be shattered they will be like Humpty Dumpty they will fall off the wall they will be shattered and they can't be put together back again God and Caesar we covered this 
in Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22, in episode 188 of the Word Encounter. And this is when the um, Pharisees and the scribes, they asked Jesus, you know, what about this tax thing, Jesus? You know, should we pay Caesar's taxes or not? So Jesus says in verse 24, show me a denarius. Whose image and inscription does it have? Caesar's, they said. Well, then, he told them, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And so the, the money uh, of the day of, in that region, the money of the day in that region uh, was denarius. I guess there were some other things, but the inscription on these coins was Caesar's. And so this money was representative of Caesar's system. You know, so this, this whole thing, this whole monetary thing, you know, in that region at that time belonged to Caesar. And so since it belongs to Caesar, Jesus is saying he has a right to collect what is his. And so Jesus is saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But you, see, you belong to God. And so you are to give on to God what is God's, which is yourself, your life. Give, give on to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. You are to give your life to God. You are to obey him. You are to follow his ways. You are to follow his precepts. You are to hold up his ordinances. See, you are to live your life in a manner that is consistent with what he has commanded you to do that you're not doing. (laughs) The Sadducees in the uh, resurrection. We cover this in Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 through 33 in episode 188. And we drop down here to verse 37, and it says, Moses even indicated in the passage about the burning bush and the dead are raised. Here he calls, uh, here he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God's God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead but of the living, because all are living to him. And so this is in in, in this uh, set of scriptures, what's happening here is the Pharisees are questioning because they're asking a question to Jesus. They're trying to trap him because they don't believe in the resurrection. And so they're trying to trap Jesus with regard to the uh, to the Old Testament laws and whatnot uh, relative to to marriage and brotherhood and so on and so forth. And so they're saying, okay, Jesus, you got this brother. He's got this man. He's got seven other brothers. He doesn't have any children. So according to our customs, our laws, the next in line, his next of kin brother is to marry his widowed wife. And so he marries her. They don't have any kids. And so it goes down to the next brother. She marries him. They don't have any kids. She does this seven times. Then she dies. And they never, she never has any kids. And so they're saying, Jesus, since this is the case in the resurrection, then whose wife is she? And so Jesus is saying, look, in the resurrection, in the new glorified bodies in heaven, you know, in the kingdom of God in heaven, uh, no one is given in marriage or taken in marriage and, and, and we're like angels in this sense. So he, he's explaining to them the realities of heaven, of heavenly life. And so, but he knows that their bigger issue is that they didn't believe in the resurrection. And so what he's responding with is like uh, when Moses was at the burning bush, God told him that I am the God of Abraham. I am the God 
excuse me, of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. Not I was. I am indicating that they're living. But they died physically, so they must have resurrected. So Jesus is trying to prove to them that the resurrection is, in fact, true. The question about the Messiah in verse 41. He then said to them, how can they say that the Messiah is the son of David? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, the Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. David calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? And so they know that the Messiah is in the line of David. He's a descendant from David. But David calls his Lord, or but David calls, essentially calls um, Jesus, who is his descendant, his Lord. But if Jesus is David's descendant, i.e. his son, then how can David call his son Lord? This is what Jesus is, is asking the, the, the uh, Sadducees. In other words, the Sadducees had a bigger problem than not believing in the resurrection. The, the Sadducees' main issue was that they didn't believe in supernatural or spiritual things. They only believed in things that they could comprehend with their mind. See, so they didn't give God any space to live in a supernatural realm. And so uh, what Jesus is trying to say is, look, I am a descendant of David, but I am also his Lord. See, because God and I are one. They couldn't comprehend that. They couldn't make any sense. And, you, you know, if, if we if we're honest with ourselves, most of us can't really mentally comprehend that. See, then we have a decision. Can things be possible that we don't understand? That's the question. Because if I have to understand everything, then how in the world can God be God if I have to comprehend everything? If I can comprehend it, then that means that there is nothing that can exist that I can't comprehend, which means that God has to be beneath me because I have to be able to comprehend him. God had better be able to, to perform and do a lot of things that I will never understand. See, but a lot of us make, make ourselves the, 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 the filter uh, for the possibility of God's existence based on whether or not we can comprehend him. Warning against the scribes. It says, while the people were listening, he said to his disciples, beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes, who love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and say long prayers just for show. These will, these will receive, these people will receive a harsher judgment. See, so they're using their position. Their position is supposed to represent God before the people, but they're using their position in order to gain earthly status. See, in order to gain favor by people, in order to gain fame and fortune, recognition. Have things really changed that much? <laughs> Mm. For those of you that do that, be careful. You're playing with fire. And with that, we are done for today. We'll pick things up tomorrow in uh, chapter 21. And remember, 
The invitation from the Lord is consistently going out. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Everybody stay safe, be blessed, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, and should he not happen to come between now and tomorrow, we'll see you tomorrow in episode 206. Bye-bye now.